BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. Talk about a huge week in the law, Connor. We've got Harvey Weinstein. We've oh, got yeah. Donald Trump. People get, oh, yeah. People mix them up. You know, Harvey and <laughs> Donald. Both yeah. very famous guys out of show business. Famous for grabbing people when they're not allowed to. That's right. So question number one, what does the mixed verdict in the Harvey Weinstein case mean? So it just happened uh, today, a couple of hours ago. Um, yes, he was convicted, but not of everything. He was convicted as to all three counts regarding Jane Doe number one. We do not know her name of forcible oral copulation, sexual penetration by a foreign object, and forcible rape, guilty as to all three of those counts. But it was a hung jury as to uh, Doe number two, sexual battery by restraint. And there was a hung jury as to both counts as to Governor Gavin Newsom's wife. Those were counts six and seven. Again, forcible oral copulation, forcible rape. The jury could not agree. Eight said guilty, four said not guilty. And there was one not guilty count, Doe number three, sexual battery by restraint. The jury wasn't buying it. So they actually found Harvey Weinstein, if you can believe it, not guilty as to one of these counts. Connor, do you think this is a vindication of the fairness and the intelligence of the jury system? Because my attitude was everybody on the planet knows this guy is a monster and a pig. Why not save everybody's time and vote guilty on every single count so we can go home and enjoy the holidays? But they took 10 days to to come up with this. Yeah. And we'll get to the the aggravating factors in a minute. But 10 days to to say what they said. Are you kind of relieved that we didn't have a rubber stamp jury uh, operating here? Yeah. And frankly, I don't think that we very often do get rubber stamp juries. We have an adversarial system and it works okay, uh, somewhat pretty maybe. Sort of the times um, in that, you know, you've got uh, prosecutors pushing hard for the highest possible sentences and the the most number of counts and on the different, you know, all these different types of, uh, of charges. And the average person, when faced with this, their heads does start to spin. But I think when a judge sits you down, um, as the judge does during during the, the end of the trial after the evidence has been put on and uh, re-explains, it gives the jury instructions, you know, once again, somewhat uh, repetitious of what they were told at the beginning of the trial and somewhat specifically tailored to, OK, this is now how you go decide, um, make these make these tough decisions. All these different elements, I think the the natural uh, human instinct um, in a high profile case 
is to really put set their mind to it is to really try and figure this out yeah. and uh, and and, and that you know, much another least, factor I connor i think it's it's a uh, it's a leftover from the oj days when everybody was so critical of them listening for like nine True. months and then deciding in two hours yeah everybody dumped on them i think since then in high profile uh, panels jurors have said to themselves the whole world is watching. We don't want to be criticized. Yeah. Also, I think there's an element of, look, the guy's like, what, 90? Is he 80, 89 or something? He's actually, he's 70, and, years. He's 70 years old. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought for sure. Oh, wait a I minute. Thought for 90's sure. the new 70. I got that backwards. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, he just he doesn't look good. He's, he's not in good shape. So he looks. Well, we can agree fine. on that. Right. 70, whatever he is. He did yeah. not look good. So this is a, a situation where it, it's not like, oh, well, somebody's accused of uh, being a serial killer and he's a 35-year-old psychopath who, if you if you he's let him back rapist. out. On, yeah, but if you let him back out on the street, he'll strike again, right? Nobody thinks that Harvey Weinstein is going to get into a position of power and influence and control. Except in Hollywood. Block C in New York State because he's <laughs> in prison in New York for the next 23 years. Right, right. So, I mean, this is, this is a situation where where they're not thinking they're not thinking with their their animal uh, uh, brainstem. Oh God, I got to get this guy off the streets, right? Because yeah, he's yeah. in prison in New York, um, and, and he's going to you know uh, they're really thinking and they're analyzing this at a legal level where they say, okay, uh, what what charges do we really apply here, and and how uh, how much evidence is there for each one? And I think that allows them to sort of elevate their judgment. A lot of times, yeah. juries just get scared because the defendant is a scary person and. The accusations against them are horrifying, and yeah. I don't want this guy walking the streets out there with my kids. But that's not really the situation the jury was faced with here. So second question on Harvey Weinstein. Uh, why no conviction of the governor's wife? I mean, she has what we call first lady credibility, FLC. Yeah. Yeah. How do you disbelieve her? And yeah. I think we go back to the thrilling days of yesteryear when Bill Cosby was convicted. That jury convicted him in spite of the fact that Andrea Constand, the single accuser in that case, was nice to him. She and her parents went up to a comedy concert in Toronto, brought him a gift, asked for comedy concert tickets after the alleged sexual assault. And yet the jury went ahead and convicted him here. Uh, I mean, there were these emails from the governor's wife after the rape saying, oh, you know, what can you do for my career? You know, blah, blah, blah. I, I would say that that's probably a big reason only eight of the 12 jurors <clears throat> right. voted to, to convict him as to that. But what's your take on that? Well, I think that the defense attorney, um, whose name is Alan Jackson, may have done a very good job. Uh, in in uh, uh, well, I, I, there are some uh, who who reviewed it who sort of described him as mocking or condescending. Who said that he displayed sexist tendencies in the way he, that he he went uh, hard on her. Absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, risky. That he described her as theatrical. Uh, that her performance on the stand is theatrical or overly dramatized. Uh, so that is you know. Uh, uh, as you said, very risky. It's a high risk, potentially yeah, high. Not only dra drama, but he said about her. The only way that she could avoid being just another bimbo who mm -hmm. slept with Harvey Weinstein to make it as an actress was to say she was raped. That's right. really harsh stuff. Oh, it's it's extremely harsh stuff. And frankly, it's terrible because it's very unlikely to be true, given the, who we know, you know, who Harvey Weinstein is and what he, Harvey Weinstein did. And she's willing to, you know take on that she didn't have to step forward and testify right she had she could have gone on living her life as the first lady of california mm -hmm. and not you know 
dealt with this situation at all and just totally zoomed out and said, look, I'm putting that period of my life behind me. And instead, she chose to do this and subject herself to exactly this sort of treatment. And as a result, uh, uh, the 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 defense lawyer has the opportunity to make these accusations. He painted the picture, uh, the story for the jury that presumably the some jurors bought because you just got to buy, you know, enough uh, uh, enough jurors reasonable doubt. Right. With a story here where they say, OK, uh, this is this person who's a, a, the, the defense here. We're going to blame the victim. Uh, we're going to blame the, the the accuser, the person who said, you know, he uh, we had sex without without my consent. Um, it, and you're going to paint a very uh, compelling story of like a social climber, somebody who wanted opportunity and access. Um, and she did this consensually. And now she's trying to get away yeah. with it because of the stain that that places on her story of success. Oh, I'm a self-made woman. No, actually, you slept your way to the top through Harvey. Right. So that's the story that that this defense lawyer uses. Right. And th that's really compelling to the jury. The jury said, theoretically, uh, at least some of them said that story is so good that it plants some reasonable doubt in my mind. And I think that speaks to what people think of Hollywood elites, they, what people think of the Hollywood game. They do. Oh, yeah. People they believe, do think that that's how casting you, couch. Absolutely. Right. That that's how you get ahead in Hollywood. And that that, you know, it's obviously a terrible problem for the people who actually do make it in Hollywood on their own merits or success or who try and fail. Uh, and everyone assumes, well, if you went out to Hollywood to try to make it big, you probably, you know, did X, Y, Z. And wow, what a damn shame that yep. people have to live with the stain of that, that stereotype on their uh, uh, on their their lives and their their livelihood, successful or not, whether or not they achieve it. I mean, it, it's it's tragic. And, and I think that these these tactics by a defense lawyer are, of course, to be expected because it's an adversarial system and you're trying to do the best for your client. But uh, when your clients are Harvey Weinstein, sometimes your tactics are going to be almost as despicable mm -hmm. as he. So let's talk an inside baseball issue. There were aggravating factors. And if you find aggravating factors in connection with a rape or sexual assault, you can tack on another six years to the 18 years that he is facing. And so I think there was a little mix up, Connor. The judge oh. really ideally should ask the jury at the same time, look, tell me, guilty or not guilty on the counts? And if guilty, were there aggravating factors like he planned it in a sophisticated way right. and she was especially vulnerable. Right. The jury's verdict was taken in yesterday, Monday on this. And the judge then had to tell them, ah, you got to come back Tuesday morning because I need your answer on aggravating factors that, that should have been given uh, at the same time. And they came back today and they said, we cannot agree. We don't know the vote yet, but they could not agree. And so it, a, a mistrial was declared as to those factors. My theory they got tired of looking at each other. They were sat there for 10 days yeah. and they decided the rape and, and the sexual assault. And they may have said, well, you know, what are we mind readers? How do we know how, whether he planned it or how vulnerable she was? Right. But mind reading was required to find it was non-consensual sex. So right. I have a feeling they just wanted to, to, you know, get out for the holidays. And, but as a result, this trial is completely over. Oh, yeah. They thought for sure they were done. Right. They thought, OK, we did this whole thing. We put our 10 days in. This is really difficult and complicated and waste a, a lot of our lives. We're never going to get this time back. And then the judge says, oh, actually, you screwed this up. You didn't you know, give us all the information you needed and you've got to spend more time with this. And if there's 
at that point, I mean, oh my gosh, the 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 relief they probably felt at being able to get out of there and go home, uh, especially like you said, right before the holidays. Uh, then they go back, and it, what if there's pushback? What if there for, mm-hmm. there's further debate? What if the uh, half the jurors say, "Well, I don't even understand what we're talking about," but I think that you guys uh, that, that you got more out of our earlier negotiation than I wanted to give up anyway. So, kind of let's relitigate, let's start over. Holy cow! And they I mean, kind of did start over, Connor, because the judge allowed like a 10-15 minute oral argument, final argument by both sides on the aggravating factors, which again is, is not a normal thing. Right. Uh, and you know, so, but, but it is in the books. And the next step, of course, is sentencing uh, tentatively for January 9. Some people are wondering, oh, is he going to you know, throw himself on the mercy of the court? My attitude, Connor, he's not going to beg for mercy. His attitude is this cake is baked. I'm going to die in prison. Right. I'm going to do the 23 in New York. I'll probably lose the appeal. Then I got to come out here. I'll probably have uh, con- consecutive sentences, not concurrent. So I doubt that he is going to, you know, fall down and, and and tell the judge how sorry he is. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, a lot of people would like to see him do that because yes. the attitude is this guy is a monster. Of course. I think that these uh, the incentives, like you said, are just not there for him to, you know, have some sort of come to come to Jesus moment. What's he going to do? Suddenly change, uh, you know, change his spots uh, and, right. and and actually give a heartfelt uh, confession. No, yeah. he's going to he, he he's the kind of guy who has had so much in this world and had so much taken now from him uh, that there's just no way that he, you know, uh, sort of sees things the way a normal human does. He's on another level. And, uh, you know, uh, die in prison if if we're agreed. Good resolution. (laughs) And when we come back, does the criminal referral by the January 6th committee mean Donald Trump is going to go to jail also? But first, Connors can tell you how to rate and subscribe to Too Many Lawyers. Yeah, check us out on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Uh, Whichever one you got this podcast uh, on is probably the one. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment, and hit the subscribe or join or follow buttons, depending on your platform. Uh, Every little number helps us out, and we enjoy seeing uh, each one of your comments. We'll be right back. This is Too Many... Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Lawyers, I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. And the question, Connor, is does the criminal referral by the January 6th committee mean that Donald Trump is going to go to jail? The wait is over. The January 6th committee uh, was about to go away because, of course, the GOP is going to take over the House in a few weeks. Uh, This committee finally issued its decision about whether to make criminal referrals. And the quote of note is, uh, according to Chairman Benny Thompson from Mississippi, I'm convinced the Department of Justice will charge former President Trump. No one, including former president, is above the law. So what does this mean? The panel told the DOJ that Trump committed four crimes, obstruction of official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the U.S., conspiracy to make a false statement, and inciting or giving comfort to insurrection. Uh, well, he did tell them, we love you very much. That sounds like comfort <laughs> to the insurrectionists. But mm-hmm. the Constitution says, if you did this, you may never hold a federal office again. This was a post-Civil War idea. So 
Uh, you're going to fire up your crystal ball, Connor. Do you think that actually the uh, Biden administration is going to say, oh, well, if the panel wants us to go after him, then we're going to indict that that guy? Oh, boy. That is the million dollar question. That's your I, ultimate guess the verdict question. Yeah, it really is. It would be, wouldn't it? I think, I think that Joe Biden and friends are so committed to the idea of uh, the uh, of electoral politics determining America's president, and that the idea that we can somehow heal America, uh, we can put our hands up and 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 all you know come together in kumbaya, and everything will work out as long as we just have some sort of watershed moment, things will click back into place. Right? Biden has said over and over before he was president, "Oh, my friends in Congress, they'll come to their senses after Trump is gone, and after I'm president, they'll all you know become reasonable Republicans. That that ethereal reasonable Republican we're all looking for. That is their attitude." And because of that, the idea of resorting to the DOJ to uh, preclude Trump from ever running again, giving Trump the martyrdom that maybe he wants uh, to say, well, they, you know, they only prevented me from ever running again because they knew they couldn't beat me. Uh, and I totally would have won again in 2024 mm -hmm. if only they'd let me. Uh, and they're so afraid and it would empower uh, you know, Trump's message, his storyline. I don't think that's necessarily true. He's going to say that sort of stuff. He's going to come up with a compelling story for his followers, no matter what you do. But Biden, I think, buys that story. I think Biden says, I'm going to beat him. I beat him before. I'll beat him again. Let's do this. You know, like, let's let's go. And I think that's that's his perspective because he's he's old school. Right. And the Democratic establishment is old school. And the idea of using the DOJ, I think, for them just looks a little bit too anti-democratic. Uh, or whatever yeah, else. They're not thinking motivated. About the, yeah, they're not Plums. thinking about the costs that, that mm -hmm. a Trump presidency and a presidential run, even if unsuccessful, even if it is a, vindi a vindication, you know, of, of Biden's uh, popularity and he wins again, despite being, you know, oh, we just beat him in the midterms. We crushed the Republicans in the midterms. They beat us, but they, they you know, we did better than expected in the midterms. That means we should beat Trump. At the, yeah, OK, Hillary's supposed to beat Trump, too, right? They, I think Democrats are terminally overconfident. And I think that there's no way that they want a DOJ prosecution uh, for exactly that reason. They think they'll beat him fair and square in the public eye uh, and in the, the Democratic court. So, And, you know, it's so weird that you have two distinctly different uh, aspects to the issue, legal and political. I mean, it should be just legal. The decision to indict anybody, whether it's Trump or anybody else, should just be based on the law. But you know, it's such a mixture. I mean, from, from Biden's standpoint, you indict Trump and you risk martyr status for Trump, or God forbid he beats the rap, uh, even though you're going to delight your progressive base. Or if you don't indict him, the progressives will go nuts. I mean, but get real, though. They're never going to vote for Trump. They're always going to vote for anybody other than Trump. Really? So in a sense, where's the risk? really in not indicting him. So you may be right there. I mean, this special counsel, Jack Smith, uh, who knows what he's going to come up with? Who knows if he feels independent? Who knows if, you know, he gets on the phone with Merrick Garland, his boss, or, mm -hmm. or, or, or even Trump. We don't really know about that. In addition to the referral but about Trump, the committee also said the House Ethics Committee should investigate four GOP members, McCarthy and a few others. Uh, but, you know, oops, the GOP is going to be running the show in January in the House. So forget about it in terms of that. Yeah, uh, it, it really is, uh, as you said, uh, what's the risk scenario? One, what are the risks to America of a Trump presidential run? But 
realistically, that's not the calculus they're doing. The calculus they're doing is what are the risks to Joe Biden's chances in 2024? And the Democrats may well decide that actually it's better to have Trump uh, just make a complete and utter mess of the 2023 Republican uh, primary, presidential primary, mucking around. And if he loses in the primary, uh, if if some boring milquetoast Republican uh, takes his place, that may well enrage uh, the Trump base. That may the Democrats might be saying like, hey, if Trump, if we allow Trump to try and run and he you know is is in the is in the ring uh, to the extent that it's up to them um then and he loses well maybe all of his supporters will stay home in protest and won't mm-hmm. vote ron DeSantis in 2024 and if he wins maybe uh the republican base will say enough with the trump craziness um we want to stick with joe biden uh you know don't change horses in midstream and go for go for the incumbent advantage so the democrats may think it's you know uh good for them coming and going uh and and, and i think you're right i i don't think they really need to indict him and run the risk of the martyrdom and, and the loss in court i think instead they just keep reminding the american public mainly of two things number one all afternoon when people were dying and the violence was raging he was watching television and he yeah. didn't call off he didn't call for the army or the capitol police to do anything and number yeah. two when when somebody told him uh, hey, you know, this this crowd is really getting out of hand. There's violence and so on. His re- his reaction instead of, well, let's do something about it when they were talking about, you know, they're going to hang Mike Pence. Trump's attitude is, well, I guess I guess they're angrier about the election than you are. And that's the kind of thing. If you keep reminding the American public, I don't think you need an indictment. I think that's yeah. the kind of thing. They can. Plus, he's so weakened now. The other day, he tells, he says, let's suspend the Constitution because people lied. But he dines with this anti-Semite Kanye and his white supremacist pal. No apology, of course. He's got this stupid trading card stunt. Bill oh. is a major announcement. His company was convicted in New York. You got the criminal referral. You got multiple agencies poised to possibly indict him down in Georgia, Washington, D.C., New York. I think bottom line is this guy, he may well be history very soon. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All right, we are going to take one final break, and then America's favorite game show, Guess the Verdict, Connor, is going to put his Nostradamus reputation on the line. Are you up for this, Connor? Always. I'm psyched. All right, we'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. Well, we've evaluated the Trump and Weinstein situation. It's now time, Connor, to... uh to get into Tell me there's a good guy in this story, right? Well, the whole episode is just the worst people on the planet. Like, come on, tell me where this is about a well, good one. This is about happy people. This is the case, Connor, okay. the, the party animals on the jury. OK, let's go to Jacksonville, Florida, shall we? Yeah, uh, there's a jury in a mail fraud case and they're, they're working hard. Maybe they're not working as hard as the Harvey Weinstein jury, but but they're working hard on a case and they have lunch together every day. You got to take a break in the middle of the day. The, yeah, the, you uh, do. 
the state's paying for it, right? Sometimes the judge gives you uh, like an hour and a half or maybe yeah. even sometimes even two hours, depending on the schedule. So here's the fun part. The average lunch was three pitchers of beer, mixed drinks, a carafe of wine, and four jurors regularly smoked marijuana during the trial. Oh! One juror told the judge, we felt like we were on one big month-long party. Uh, when word of the party leaks out, the man who was convicted of mail fraud by this fine jury filed an appeal based on the disclosure of information of how much fun they were having. So, Connor, uh, it actually... Um, Went up to the uh, uh, United States Supreme Court. How do you think they ruled on whether this conviction should stand or not? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, jury misconduct uh, is certainly uh, a ground on which you can uh, ask for relief on appeal. You can say, hey, I was convicted. I want my conviction reversed and remanded. So, you get a new trial. This doesn't you don't walk after this, but you you get a new trial if um, you uh, if you um, prove that the jury was doing something uh, that they shouldn't have been doing. It was bad now, enough. And, and by the way, let me uh, butt in for a second, yeah. just to mention this. Just recently, the last two days, the Scott Peterson appeal was resolved because you may remember, you know, he was the monster who killed his wife Lacey, and, and she was pregnant, mm -hmm. and so he's been on death row. Now he's off death row because you know no death penalty, but he's still in life uh, in prison for life. And what he said, Connor, was that hey, there was a juror, a lady, who lied about the fact she was a victim of domestic abuse, and she was one of the twelve who convicted me. And doggone it, that wasn't fair. Her vote shouldn't count. Her, her deliberation shouldn't count. And the California Supreme Court just the other day decided, sorry, Scott, it wasn't that bad. You know, it didn't really affect uh, the outcome. And so he stuck with his life in prison. So that's just a little P.S. on this issue. But go ahead and continue your analysis of the party animals on the jury. Yeah. So uh, the tough part is looking into the jury room, right? The the judge doesn't look into the jury, uh, the, the, the jury, the, sorry, the, the judges on the panel on appeal don't look into the jury room and, uh, uh, you know, get a transcript of the conversation that goes on in there because it's, uh, it's uh, all sealed and it's not recorded and it's private. Um, it's sort of a sacred space, but you can get a presumption uh, that the jury, the juror in question, or jurors, apparently there was all of them in in, in question here, um, uh, was unable to do their job as a juror yeah, because there were declarations they were, from people about what went on in the jury room. So even right. though you're right, they don't have witnesses, but they've got some intel on what happened. Yeah, and so uh, the the law has found in 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 cases, uh, you know, the, to dredge from the annals of my mind from from law school, uh, uh, brief mentions of jury misconduct. They have discussed uh, well if somebody is uh, asleep, uh, for example, um, on a jury. Uh, uh, during the the trial, and and uh, they're they're noticed and called out by the judge or the uh, the lawyers, and thus thus it ends up on the record. Um, you can use that and say, well, they didn't hear all the evidence, and therefore they're unable to do their job of rendering a verdict. They rendered a verdict based on incomplete evidence. Well, if you're blackout drunk or high or you know whatever else. Uh, then you're also similarly unable to uh, digest the evidence that you're being presented with. So I think uh, if you, you know, if you're uh, just if you got these declarations showing that they are drinking so much and smoking marijuana on top of it, I'll tell you what, I have 
one toke and one beer and my weekend is gone. I am a lightweight. So if, any, if these jurors are anything like me, uh, you know, this is definitely enough to make render them incompetent, unable to do their job. So I think he gets reverse remanded. I think he gets a new trial and a new jury that isn't so uh, toke happy. Well, I think the jury, uh, I think the United States Supreme Court took a different take than you did, Connor. They, no! they figured these jurors were like Jerry Garcia. Tolerance was built up. The U.S. Supreme Court decided, you know what, uh, drugs and alcohol do not rise to the level of, quote, outside influence like bribery or threats that would be required to overturn a verdict. So uh, tough on crime, Supreme Court. Man, that is tough. Huh? I should have gone with my classic adage. Uh, how do we? <laughs> the worst? cops are always going to win. Yeah. How do we screw over the criminal defendant the worst? That's the uh, the outcome that this Cal- the U.S. Supreme Court goes with. That I, I should have stuck to my gut. Now, you mentioned, Connor, the annals of your mind from law school. Um, You know what? I don't have any annals left of my mind from law school. Uh, Yeah. Did did you ever see the movie The Time Machine, where the guy goes uh, into the future Mm -hmm. and he's walking through a library and he starts to take a book out? It literally is dust in his hand. Rumbles to dust. (laughs) The books have become dust. Yeah. That's my brain from law school. Yeah, pretty much. Nothing but at least you've got annals. Oh, I I, I got plenty of annals. I store them down with the cockles, and my (laughs) cockles my heart. You know, I just got a whole repository. Uh, Make up your own joke, uh, folks, uh, (laughs) with respect to Connor's comment just made. Hey, that's it for our episode. Uh, We're going to see you next week on Too Many Lawyers. Have a great week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America.